Let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Grief Burrito. Today, there's me and there's Ross Cook. Hello. And we're discussing the best of the 90s cartoon nostalgia that gets us all dank in the brain, in the cosmic mind, and in the pants, if you're wearing them, unlike me right now. Ross, intro, let's go. Welcome back, my lovely little burrito children. Welcome back. It's been a, a crying shame. I've missed you all. And if this is your first time listening, I'm Haz, this is Grief Burrito, and we cover games, we cover movies, animation, great stories, and whatever else we like to do, really, in the week. But today, as you heard in the intro, I am joined by the lovely, the sensual, the powerful, Ross Cook. Say hello! Hi, everyone. Although, by that description, you might have got the wrong one. No, we've definitely no. got the right one. Right. Definitely the correct Ross that I wanted on today's show. Wasn't Ross so today, without the E? Without the E, yes, yes. Or I was trying to, like, umlauts, or like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ross the Kuk from the Sweden. Shout out to our Swedish listeners, because I know you're listening, and I'm sorry for the accent. Um, <laughs> today, as you heard in the intro, we are going to be discussing 90s cartoons and animation, uh, which may have inspired Ross getting into his own drawing styles because that's something I want to look at because we have some exciting news from you don't we Russ you've been a busy bee Bus the busiest of bee yeah I've, I've got a book out that's happened quite recently it's been out for a little while now um, and everybody in the community of podcasts has been very sweet buying a copy mm -hmm. yeah um, I think my parents bought about five or six as well so I so they should doting parents <laughs> that's what parents are for other than birthing you you know they're supposed yeah, to buy your that creations was the, that was one step and then buying yeah. my stuff is the important so, next step <laughs> so my dad said to me oh I downloaded your podcast and I was like why why did you do that such <laughs> 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 my stories <laughs> colour drains from my face <laughs> Uh, we did have a couple of people on Twitter as well shouting out some of the cartoons that they enjoyed. So we will get into some of their thoughts as well. And I do want to know in the comments some of the best intros because going back looking through, Ross, I don't know if you found this as well. 90s cartoons, like we need to settle this, just have the best music and intros. Yeah, it's, it's 90s cartoons and cartoons mm. now that harken back to the 90s cartoon. Yes, like I'm thinking yeah. like She-Ra, Princesses of Power. That is an yeah, awesome yeah, intro. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, just like anything, that, anything with lyrics basically kicks ass. So. Yeah. So where should we start? Should we start with movies or should we start with uh, shows? As the host, obviously it's your choice, but then as the guest, obviously I outrank you now. So You do outrank um, me. And with your looming over me camera that you've got. <laughs> I know. I basically, on my screen, I look like a giant. And then you do. on the video that everyone else will see, I look like I'm in the 1980s on the very first video camera. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, because you're not recording this camera, are you? Oh, yeah. No. So listeners, you're not seeing, uh, or viewers on YouTube, the, he's, he's using his phone for me. So it looks like he's 12 feet tall. <laughs> I'm yeah, not look, used to being loomed if, over. If you want an example, this is kind of how I'm appearing for Harrison. Yeah, I can just see crotch now. <laughs> you lucky, lucky lady. So um, lucky, I know. Let's do, let's do movies then, because I feel that okay. we'll get through those relatively quickly compared to the TV series. I think so, yeah. So, so let's hit me with one of yours then. Where, where do you want to start? Well, I did 
uh, I ranked mine. I went through kind of the 90s animated movies. And so I've done mine in an order that I probably would change if I had another look at it. Uh, Ross is so organised. I know. That's why I love homework. Um, yeah. So I'll go with my five and I'll work down, I guess, okay. to one. Uh, number five, Toy Story 2. Oh, okay. Good just, show. Yeah, just under the wire. It uh, came out in 1999. Okay. See, a lot of mine on that late on. I think it was earlier shows and movies that mm. made the impact because I was younger, I think. But I remember Toy Story 2 being quite uh, almost adult in its concept. Yeah, a little bit more. I th- I'm, they're all great. I personally love mm. all the Toy Stories. I mean, Pixar don't generally put a foot wrong. But um, no. yeah, Toy Story 2, if anything, just for that, um, the song that plays Jessie's song, like uh, when she's remembering the little girl that yeah. played with her. And, you know, I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to ruin it. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, when somebody loved you and they just have this idea of just these toys being played with, basically traumatising kids for generations. I mean, I know it did for me, like when I first yeah, saw well, Toy it's just Story. Like, just remember, kids, you could be dropped at any moment. <laughs> But then, like, the main antagonist in that, spoilers, is Kelsey Grammer is, like, Prospector Pete. And his yeah. his entire dream is to go to a museum where he can be looked at and worshipped in Japan for mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a mental movie. Um, it is. Yeah, but, it's, you know, it's, it's the first time we weird. see Woody and Buzz kind of being friends and everything, and you kind of have mm-hmm. that collective and stuff. You know, you get introduced to all the extra Woody toys and stuff, which... I mean, obviously, from the first one, clearly Andy's mom is a single parent. She's raising a young family. She yeah. just moves house. I imagine if she knew she had a Woody toy worth God knows how many thousands of dollars, oh, that yeah. thing would have been sold Insane. like that. Instantly, instantly. Yeah. And uh, Andy wouldn't have got the Woody Extended Universe collection <laughs> or whatever. What do you think their universe is called for the Woody, the Woody universe? Oh, it was... Um, oh, damn. I can't remember what the TV show was now. It's like Woody's Roundup or something, I want to say. That's if it, I, yeah. If I yeah, pull that out of thin air, I'm going to be happy with myself. But I think it was I'm Woody's Roundup. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It sounds about right to me. sounds about yeah. right. So, so when, yeah, that, how old were you when you watched that then? So it was 99, so I would have been uh, 11. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were on standby then. <laughs> just no, that was me doing maths. You just saw ah, okay. you just saw a piece of my brain break off as I tried to yeah, actually sum it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was, I was okay. 11 when that one came out. So still right, kind of, right. you know, I mean, to be fair, there's animated movies now. You never stop kind of paying attention to this stuff and being influenced by them, especially no. even probably more so now. Um, yeah. But yeah, that one uh, back in the day, I, was, I think Toy Story came out in 93. So it was a bit of a gap mm-hmm. between them all. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was quite a gap. Um, obviously, they're kind of learning. And I remember in Toy Story 2, there was the thing of they lost it halfway through. Uh, like all the files mm-hmm. were corrupted or something like that. And it was only due to the fact that one person had it on their home computer. I'm, Holy uh, they, shit, they really? They had another copy of it that saved them something like six months worth of work or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's, there's stories out there I recommend going to see. I'm kind of half remembering it. But yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of saved them from having to restart everything again. Yeah. This is a message to you listeners out there who are creators. Yes, you, back up your shit because a hard drive will fuck itself for no reason. It's happened to me at uni. Just do it right now. Pause the episode, back up your stuff. Welcome back. Let's carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Toy Story 2 was great. I I definitely stick with that. Uh, I actually didn't think you were going to be pulling from 3D animation. I'm surprised. 
No, no all of it. I mean, because when you look at like animation, like 2D absolutely is uh, is fantastic. But mm-hmm. and I look at the rest of my list, I think apart from one, they're all 2D with maybe some 3D elements because obviously they all kind of had it. Yeah, most um, of it, yeah. Especially around this time when it was first kind of coming in. Um, but no, I mean, it's all the same sort of, I've got somewhere, uh, my animation book, my guide to animating. Here we go. Props. This, He's got props. The animator survival kit, which is like cool. the go-to. I've had this one since uni and it basically, you know, kind of gives oh, it's you got the, everything. Yeah. The rules and, and, and all, everything for general sort of animation and either it's 3D or 2D. It's the same general concept of it. Yeah, same squash and stretch. Yeah, adding weight to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love all that shit. I think it's great. Uh, right, let's uh, let's hit onto another one. I am going to strike you with the emotional bomb that is The Land Before Time. Oh, I saw this on Twitter that you put it because I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you that, that one. That yeah. was one of mine that was a big deal to me as a kid with Littlefoot and Petrie yeah. and uh, Ducky. Yep. And Sarah, who was a bit Sarah. of a bitch, but she gets a pass. She gets a pass. She, it took me so long. It took me so long to realise that Sarah is a pun on Triceratops. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know till just now. <laughs> oh my god! That's yeah. amazing. Thank you for that. You're welcome. There we go. If nothing else, we can probably end it now. That's, yeah, that's I think now. I think we peaked. We peaked early. Well, we are yeah. like ten minutes in that. <laughs> yeah. Triceratops. So, I don't know if the rest are, are puns or anything, but yeah, Triceratops. But I do agree. Cool. It's, uh, a, it's a wonderful. Uh, maybe one of the first ones, like Up and all those, like the ones that break you in the first 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen The Land Before Time. Uh, Littlefoot's mum dies yeah. very, very quickly at the hands of a, a terrifying T Rex. Wait, wait till you find out what happens to the rest of the dinosaurs. Yeah, there's a, yeah, I know, yeah, a couple of million years down the line. There is a film about that as well. It was called Dinosaur, do you remember? Oh yeah, We're Back, that the dinosaur story. No, not We're Back. That was, wasn't that another cartoon one? That was a cartoon one, yeah. Oh, I mean, there was one just sure. called Dinosaur that was in like, it must oh, have been yeah, 2002 or something. Sort of like a live action, but 3D. Yeah, and I think one. it ended yeah. with the meteorite. It either ended or started with the meteorite. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it began with like a... Like a pre-meteorite hitting. Yeah, wasn't it about them trying to get away from the like I the think so, yeah. disaster or something? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that was that. dark. You yeah. see, like these kind these kind of things that we, they made for kids. I think we don't realize how dark a lot of the stories were. Like mm-hmm. Land Before Time was quite dark. What it was, I mean, it had a very dark visual tone, and all the yeah, color palettes were all moody, or like purples and dark greens, and. There was the, do you remember the dinosaurs with the the domed heads that like yeah, hit the heads together? Smashing the hell out of each other. That yeah. scene was fucking terrifying as a kid. <laughs> like genuinely really scary. And yeah. uh, the I know that they played it down the darkness later on, like after I think it was yeah, on before time three or four. I think so, because I think it's like I want to say nine. There's Land I think there's fifteen now. There's fifteen. Uh, there's definitely more than ten. <laughs> I'm sure right, okay. because I'm sure we had them like my, I always remember having number one and that was it. And then going to my cousins and they had like four five and six and blow. I was like, what, what? Yeah, There's yeah, six. Yeah. <laughs> and like then, yeah. An alternate dimension. Yeah. And then I had to like track down the other ones to even get to see them. 
Uh, land before time. Let's see how many there are. Uh, how many do you think they've cranked out by now? Well, now that you've told me that, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll say, I'll say 13. Lucky. It was an animated series as well. Okay, so we've got Land Before Time, which is actually 1988. I would like to clarify that, but I had it on video in the 90s, so that's why it Oh, like, I don't... Well... I think right. that class is... I, come on, Ross, come on. give me a pass. <laughs> Films come out when we watch them. <laughs> yeah, it's my birthday, Ross. I should get a pass. <laughs> it was uh, also my birthday is- yesterday, so it doesn't count anymore. <laughs> I can't use that trick. This uh, is your birthday so present, then. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Okay, I'm going to count the second one then because that was 94. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so we've got The Land Before Time, uh, The Great Valley Adventure, mm-hmm. The Time of the Great Giving. That sounds a bit sexual. Uh, Journey Through the Mists, The Mysterious Island, which I really like. That was number five. Uh, okay. The Secret of Saurus Rock, The Stone of Cold Fire, The Big Freeze. Journey oh, yeah. to Big Water, The Great Long Necks. This is now 10 we're up to. Uh, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses. Sure. I think I need to see that one. <laughs> uh, that's 11. The Great Day of the Flyers. That's 12. The Wisdom of Friends, 13. And Journey of the Brave in 2016. 14 movies. Wow, 2016. They're 2016. Still pumping them out. Yep. And there was a video game. Yeah. time game. Uh, and the Land Before Time series between 2007 and 2008. Wow. wow. Executive producers Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. All those guys. Yeah, all those guys, <laughs> along with Don Bluth. Like, Don Bluth yeah, yeah, is someone Don who I, I didn't realise what an impact that director obviously had on my childhood, because there's a lot of his films that have fallen into my list. I don't know if you want to hit on another one. I don't know if you have any Don Bluth in yours. I, I actually don't buy him aware. Like he is a, you know, he's an influence. Like he's, yeah. uh, he's the man. And to be fair, I've not seen probably the one that, like I've not seen Secret of Nim. I haven't seen that is, either. Which is like the, you know, uh, heralded. And I know that it's going to be awesome, but it's just not one that I've, uh, mm. I've, I've got around to watching. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should watch that one night with the community and we'll have a chat about that. Mm. But I'm aware. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's one of the greats, isn't he? He is. But anyway, hit me with one of yours. What else you got? Uh, okay, so uh, next one, and this will touch on what is in my uh, top animated series as well, is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, I'm so glad you said that one. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yes. Tell me Which, tell me uh, why. What does it do for you? I mean, obviously, Batman animated series, spoilers, is my number one animated mm-hmm. t- TV series. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as perfect as you're going to get for a a comic adaptation and Bruce Tim and all those guys, you know, doing just excellent work. And obviously it features into like, even the video games, like casting Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in those yeah, roles. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I read a Batman uh, comic, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's just my history, but yeah, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, it's just a bizarre way of making it as well. Like originally it was going to be a TV uh, movie. And then partway through, they were like, actually, this is really good. Um, yeah. we, oh, should. Shit. we did a good thing <laughs> yeah we did really good and so they pumped more money into it and they had like that cool kind of 3D intro where you're flying through Gotham and stuff and uh, I mean, yeah the intro is very, right. very long I mean if you wanted to watch it I'd recommend possibly having a quick look and then skipping ahead about 2-3 minutes yeah 
Um, I remember it being slow. I remember yeah. as a kid having it on, I had it on, again, I had it on VHS and I hadn't seen much of the, the series itself. Right. Because I think that was, because what year was the series? Have you got the, have you got uh, a the date? Series. Um, you know what? I've got them for everyone else, but I haven't got it for that. But I think it was, um, that was Batman Mask of the Phantom was 1993. So I think it was like 92 to, I mean, obviously kept going with like the new adventures of Batman and Robin and Justice League yeah. and everything. But I think it was like early to mid nineties. It was. The, okay. The I think that's why it was a bit before me. Cause obviously if that film came out in 92 or 93, it would have mm. come out on VHS like a year or two later. Probably. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I, I, I probably would have had it when I was like four, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's why I didn't see much of the series, but the film made quite an impact. Like I found it quite, it was one of my most adult cartoons. And yeah, I, I really. even like recognized that as a kid. Like I knew it was quite dark in its concept. It had, uh, did it have Scarecrow in as well? Um, Briefly. I think it was, yeah. If he was in, it was very, very briefly because it kind of focused on obviously you had the new character of the Phantasm and then yeah. Joker was a heavy part in it. And they kind of did like a, almost like Batman the movie obviously came out a couple of years before that and they kind of gave Jack mm-hmm. Napier as as the Joker and they kind of did that a little bit with this one as well where they like showed him as a gangster or something yeah they touched on it um, like kind of creepy like that uh, but just in general like it has one of the best Batman just moments in it where he first kind of dons the cowl and you've got Alfred behind yeah. him you've got that music playing and he it, I mean obviously it's silly because it, it is <laughs> like as much as I love this stuff with all my heart it is silly yeah. the idea of like a grown man and his butler in a cave as he <laughs> as he dresses up in his outfit and yeah. he, like he looks behind him and Alfred hands him the cowl and he takes it and he puts it over his head and he turns around and then it's a close-up of his eyes and Alfred's like, my God. And his eyes kind of like... And the eyes squint, it's him, yeah. And he's just him like, like squinting at Alfred. <laughs> How like, am I squinting my mask? It yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> I'm so angry. And then he wanders yeah. off to, you know, be Batman and stuff and it's like all in flashback. But... um yeah, it's it's just part of that universe, and I think that the the Bruce Tim animated universe is just it's wonderful. So yeah, it's a very particular mind. style. Like it yeah. feels like the remember the early Superman cartoon. Well, yeah, they, like, they, they kind of link, linked in together. It was because it had the the Batman animated series, and the, the I think it was the New Adventures of Superman was the animated series for that, which I didn't watch as much. And yeah. then they and then they synergized to synergize. get to get into uh, the you know, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Static Shock. Um, oh yeah, Static Shock, yeah. voiced by Hermes Conrad from Futurama. <laughs> and like, uh, I mean, that's great. They had a, a episode of that. It's like Once and Future King or something where they time traveling. You see Static Shock as like an adult now, and it's old. Obviously, Batman Beyond. Yeah, Batman Beyond was great. The yeah. edgiest of them. The, oh, they're the edgiest right. intro yeah, I've ever yeah, yeah. seen. <laughs> they think your daddy's he, Batman. Yeah, I think it even said like apathy on yeah, the screen yeah. and it was like flashing random stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, like, I a mean, good Jared song Leto's though. Joker was like damaged on his forehead so you, yeah, you know he's yeah, damaged. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see a Batman Beyond as like a film. I would yeah. love to see like a, a sci-fi like future one. And I imagine we will at some point with, with an old Bruce. And I know we are getting yeah, um, you are kind Michael of, Keaton, yeah. aren't we? They've done a few in the, uh, the Arrowverse, like the CW shows, they had a crisis yeah. on infinite earth crossover where Kevin Conroy showed up as Batman. As Batman. Yeah. That's um, a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. 
in like the uh, Alex Ross Kingdom Come like uh, Excel skeleton that he has around himself uh, yeah. and all that. And then obviously Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, a lot of more Batmans than you can stick a shit out. More Batman. I know everyone's getting all these cross-universe things. They're <laughs> trying to have like all the different characters from all the different films. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing, to be honest. It's not, I, it's I'll not watch a bad all thing. of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to watch superhero stuff all the time. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I am going to hit you with my next film. Okay. So I am going to touch on Don Bluth, as I said. And it's only really because I didn't realize, like I said before, how many films he'd made that I really loved. And this one is American Tale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? Fireful Mouskovitz. It was Mouskovitz, wasn't it? Mouskovitz, that was his name. yeah, because they, yeah, yeah. they were not subtle in that movie. No, they weren't. And I mean, this is another like another instance where Disney on one side doing like Grimm's stories and mm. fairy tales, and then Don Bluth is hitting like immigration to get yeah. away from the war to America. Yeah, yeah. And what else? Like, all and, dogs and go like to heaven. Corruption in the system yeah. and rats like. Uh, cats posing as rats and yeah it's yeah uh, wonderful well, that's like that, crooked uh, cops cats yeah. posing as rats it's like yeah there's all sorts you can read into yeah yeah really it was a great movie, movie. though that, yeah uh, it's when fivefold goes missing in the water that i mean that stays with yeah. you as a kid yeah it does yeah it was heartbreaking and i always remember that the scene with the gramophone yeah and with the music yeah, playing yeah, yeah. and he, he falls down it doesn't he and then uh god well god the big, the terrifying rat. Yeah. The big, uh, the machine the, the thing. The one at the end run... where they make, like, the, the, oh, I can't yeah. really call it now, but yeah. Very similar to the end of uh, Bug's Life, I guess, when they yeah, make the, the fake animal to scare off the, the bigger one or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that nightmarish, was, though. They have a really good job with all those Don Bluth ones, from what I've seen of them, mm-hmm. and I guess generally Disney as well, um, do really good cold and warm like when you see those films and when yeah. you feel when Fifle's cold and then when he warms up, you feel that as well, like through yeah, the lights yeah. and through the animation and everything. That's what I always took away from that one. I guess uh, before time as well. They do that really mm-hmm. well. Like They do, yeah. Feel the shivers coming off of them. You can. And like, do you remember, did you watch All Dogs Go to Heaven as well? I did not. I've, I've seen parts of it. Um, okay. But I have not, I've not watched that one all the way through. So that was a VHS that again was just in my house along with like the rescuers, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was like I had a collection of VHSs that were the most watched videos. And that that definitely was one of them, all those go to heaven, which is weird. Because again, it's quite a sad film. I didn't realise to look in this that it was a Don Bluth film. I didn't actually even know. Yeah. So I was but, quite uh, surprised. At when that. you look at them again, you do see it, don't they? Because they have that sort Similar of like, style. that same sort of look. But I always go with that one because I have seen a bit of it. There is a hell. Like there is yeah. a, there is a dog hell, so the title's complete bullshit. Yeah, I never like thought there about is that. a dog hell, unless it's there one of those situations where all dogs go to heaven. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. You know. So you stop shitting in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get to go to yeah. heaven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Not to pull on that side uh, of an animated movie from twenty plus years ago, but anyway. Yeah, not, not that you're picking into it, you know, like. <laughs> I'm going to write to Don Bluth's son and say, hey, sort your fucking stories yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with another, Ross. Have you got any other films you'd like to touch on? Yeah, I know we're ticking on, but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is, oh, is very my good. next okay. one. Uh, it's obviously stop motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I saw that one in the cinema, which might be, a, 
think one of the other ones I saw in the cinema, but not when it came out. This is the only one of my top five that I actually saw in the cinema when mm-hmm. it did come out. Um, and yeah, just blew my mind. So that was been great in the cinema. I, like I, I'd never got to see that, and it's one of the most original. Yeah, like art direction films. It's got one of those stylized look, obviously from Tim Burton. Uh, that who, who did he direct it, or was it someone else? That one? No, I was just getting the details up because uh, it was Henry Selick who directed That's it. It's, right. it's like yeah. from the mind of Tim Burton, and it's all these kind right. of designs and everything. But um, I think it's possibly on one of those uh, how the movies were made on Netflix. So they go into it or something like that, where they oh, refer right. to this and they talk about how Tim Burton wasn't on set as much. And Henry oh, Selleck no. was the driving force of it and did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was a collaborative effort. But you've got to slap Tim Burton's name on it because at that point he had had, um, it was 93, so he'd had Batman come out. He'd had Pee-wee's Big yeah. Adventure come out. I think Batman Returns was on the way. So obviously mm-hmm. he was interested in that. But yeah, uh, Henry Selleck. Yeah, it's, it's just got such a specific style, hasn't it? And it's one of those things where it's on the edge of not being for kids again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's so on the cusp of like, a man is taking a brain out of his own head yeah. and building a woman out of pieces. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like, it's so weird that it's like, I think it almost scared me as a kid. I remember being a little unnerved by it. I yeah, think. I think that's the idea of it. I mean, they go through at the beginning where you're meeting all the creatures and everything. I think it is supposed to be mm-hmm. scary, but it's it's the same as going on a roller coaster or anything. You know, it's, it's that fun yeah. scary. And I remember watching it for the first time and you get to that moment where Jack finds the trees with all the different worlds based yeah. on the holidays. And that was just, I, it yeah. completely blew my mind away because he was like, well, you go anywhere, you can do this. Um, obviously he only goes to well he goes to one and I guess the others go to because they kidnapped the Easter Bunny at one point so he definitely they do go to that one <laughs> but I think there was like uh, they had St. Patrick's Day um, yeah they did yeah oh, I can't remember the other ones now but yeah they, was that they a Thanksgiving kind of, one? can't remember Thanksgiving? The, yes there was Thanksgiving they had a turkey in there as well um, yeah. so yeah just it, it boggled my mind but that one uh, wonderful and that one had a video game as well only one as i can uh, i see it here because i haven't right. got i've never played kingdom hearts um okay yeah me neither i know yeah. like the guys from shot select didn't <laughs> like it we all know they weren't fans a lot of people do really love it i, I know my brother's it. a big fan yeah it's an um, and, and it's one of those games where when i first saw it i was like oh my god it's like final fantasy but with disney characters oh, i'll get into that and then i look yeah. at it now and try and read the synopsis of it and it's impact penetrable like i just yeah can't, it's so convoluted yeah yeah uh, and there's so many like that. interlinking books and uh like mangas as well like yeah. i've got some from my brother for his like birthday and stuff and I, one of them's like something 2.5 redux and i'm yep. like what are you doing with this story <laughs> and i don't even know where to start everyone's like oh you should play it i'm like where the fuck do i start like yeah. I, I can't do that no it's too much of a commitment so uh yeah as far as i'm aware there's only one game uh, the Nightmare right. Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. Oh, right. Okay. So it, as in Oogie Boogie. Yeah. So it's set like a year after the events of the film. Um, I did look at it earlier, but I, I got rid of it now. But so yeah, so uh, after the events of the film and the, the kids from it, Lock, Shock and Barrel, resurrect Oogie yeah. Boogie. And he decides that he's going to kill Santa. Uh, in the meantime, Jack is given something called like a soul capture it's like an electric whip oh, that he gets. And, uh, oh, right. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
and so he goes around whipping folks. I've not watched a video for this one because uh, again, I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I need more time to research. But uh, yes. yeah, so there's only one game from that one, as far as I could tell. Right, very good. Well, yeah. I'm surprised that they never touched on that film universe again. No, it's something I think it's one of those things that I think we we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember what else we were talking about. Where, as much as you want it to happen. And as much as you think it would probably be a good idea, it will always fail in comparison to the original. Yeah, I think so. Like it, uh, yeah, especially it's better to leave you wanting more as well. Like, yeah, yeah, it would look completely different, even if they tried to. You know, because people are doing incredible stuff with like Leica studios, which I almost put kind of you know tried to like weasel it into. It. Obviously, it's nineties. I don't think Leica studios was even anywhere near formed at that point no no but you like so. need need somebody like that to do it um yeah like the guys who did is that who did uh kibo and the two strings yeah that they, they did yeah. um kuo they did paranorman um Coraline. That's it. yeah that's the other one i remember that i saw yeah. that at the cinema if anyone hasn't seen these films check them out they're very yeah. very good the box trolls yeah. is uh i did not yeah, I watch that, well. that one uh the missing link uh, most recent i think was the most recent one again just wonderful like uh, yeah yeah that was on netflix wasn't it I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, but um, sure it is. Yeah, yeah. I watched it so it, they're like basically the Pixar of the stop motion world. Yeah, just excellent, yeah. excellent movies. There's a there's a brilliant YouTube video that shows Kubo uh, Ki, uh, that Kubo isn't it? Not Kubo. Kubo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kubo and the two strings, and it's like a stop motion from the side of the set mm. where you can see the people moving yeah, with yeah. the stop motion. They're like, did, 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 like the flickering dead fast, but the the motion of the creature that's moving yeah, is yeah, sure. correct. And it's so cool to see a person in stop motion as well at the same time. It yeah. sort of it settles it in your mind just how much work actually goes into a project like that. It's, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, when you think about it, it's the same for doing two D animation. You know, you're drawing on a on a you know, piece of self shading and all that kind of doing it through. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's ridiculous. And just the idea that at any moment something could go wrong. There could be a, a hurricane, they, you know, a, a, yeah. somebody could knock something over and then, oh, shit. <laughs> Myself! <laughs> ah! Yeah, everything blows away. Yeah, ah. Oh. Imagine, that's the thing, like, if they do stop motion and stuff in, like, Japan when they do, like, the Godzilla stuff, mm. they have so many earthquakes. That is such a gamble. That's why. Like, the whole here. city starts going. You've got to have a, just a guy in a suit then. Yeah, that, maybe that's why around. they did it. Just, yeah. Just get the guy in the suit. They probably did. They probably had a look at like stop motion animation and been like, well, at least this way it doesn't look like it. But then, yeah, they were like, do you know how many earthquakes we have? Yeah. Better get get that rubber suit out again. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm going to hit you with another one of mine. This one is a deep cut, Russ. I don't even know if you'll have heard of it. I don't know how many of you listeners out there or viewers will have heard of this. This is called Freddy as FRO7. Have you heard of this? I've not. No, that is okay. The deepest. I'm kind of glad it is. I'm kind of glad you haven't heard of it. So I'm going to give you like the basic synopsis, I guess. It's a about a prince in medieval France, right? Who has magic powers, and so does the king, and so does the king's evil sister, and she decides to kill the parents of the prince, turn the boy into a frog, and he just escapes and lives the life as a frog for a while. Right. 
And then he becomes a secret agent, kind of like 007. Sure, sure, sure. Because he, because he grows up. Because obviously he's not really a frog. He's a he's a boy. So he, he hits puberty and <laughs> his frog balls drop and his frog what, Adam's what? apple gets Wait, bigger. <laughs> that isn't in it. I'm adding. I'm adding, okay, adding law, Ross. I'm adding law. Um, and there's actually some shots in this that I think might. I thought they'd stolen from Aladdin. Oh, it could but I think this was before Aladdin. This was, I'm just having a look. So it was 92 that it came 92, out. Yeah. And so, um, so I, this was another random VHS that I had and he's got quite like a, oh, an were, iconic image. I don't yeah. know if you can see an image of I him. So he's got like yeah. and they a both flat came cap. Out 92. So they would, they would have been made at a similar time. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a particular shot when the sorceress is in like, Oh, in a almost like a tornado, and she's reaching up like all the cosmic powers, like Jafar. You know, sure, then he turns yeah. into the genie at the end, and it it looks exactly the same. So I don't know if someone yeah. moved studio and took that idea with them, but it, it seems that yeah. way. I mean, Disney do it um, to themselves all the time when you see like Store of the Stone and uh, Jungle Book, and there's other kind of those. Yeah, especially for the lower ones, swiping like just taking previous animation overlay, and so maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or well, I mean, Disney even did that thing with was it the White Lion, a Japanese oh, film? Yeah, they turned uh, into Kimba. Kim, yeah, Kimba. They turned into Simba and the Lion King. Yeah, which is very, very on the nose for uh, taking some ideas, Disney. You naughty, <laughs> naughty people. Uh, yeah. So th- this this frog guy, as I was saying, he's got his mm. flat cap, his poofy leather jacket, his tight yeah. stonewashed jeans, Chelsea it's boots, tight. and topped off with a red scarf. Yeah, and he's also French and voiced by Ben Kingsley. Uh, we've got Jenny Agutter in there. Brian Blessed is the bad guy. So we've got a big booming voice. This is my first instance of Mr. Blessed, and I will never forget it. Uh, he's got Jonathan Price as well, and Nigel Hawthorne, who was actually Frith in Watership Down. If you, and we all remember Watership Down. We may get into that in a moment. I'm not sure. It wasn't on my well, top list. It's not on mine because I've never seen it. Uh, Any version of it. It's it's scarring. <laughs> uh, it, it's... It's not for kids. It's terrifying. How it was on the BBC in like the daytime, I do not know. Maybe check it out. I would, we were, I'd be we interested to hear your opinion. Kids were tougher back in the day, apparently. I don't we know. Were, yeah. <laughs> Just like we were ready to get <laughs> broken. Uh, oh, he also becomes best friends with Nessie because oh, he cool, saves cool, Nessie, cool. which is pretty weird. Uh, and it's, this whole film is actually on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. But it's just a very unusual film. I can't, I don't know anyone else who has seen it. I, I Everyone I've spoken to no one seems to know about I, this film. The the picture of the frog that I'm seeing on Wikipedia, it does ring a bell, but it, yeah. I've definitely never seen it. I don't I don't think I've seen one shot of animation of it. No, but the animation's actually quite good. I was surprised. I almost expected it to be a Don Bluth after all the other ones I'd yeah, liked yeah, were, yeah. but it, it's not. It's another director whose name I can't remember, actually. I, I uh, meant to write it down and I didn't. It's John Akavesiki? Yeah, he's Italian, I think. I'm sure it's an Italian name. John. It was John. John's on it. It was John. Our, yeah. our John. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great job, John, with your weird frog secret agent. But it was good. So I, I recommend checking that one out if anyone wants to see a weird what. frog secret agent. Do you have another film for us, Russ, before we move on to our cartoons? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll do because I've got my final two. But luckily, we've already mentioned one of mine. So I'll go over It's the uh, completely original idea of The Lion King from 1994 that has uh, okay. yeah. not stolen from anything. Um, no, nope, no, nope. 
a great well, film though even though it's stolen still a great film <laughs> it is it's pretty yeah that's that's my favorite disney one at least I mean, yeah also I, soundtrack by han zimmer yeah oh so good got to see it live and they actually brought on the guy who sang it Oh really? And and he sung it. Not obviously the Elton. Obviously Elton John sang yeah. some of it. But the main guy was Ah Bohenya. They brought him on, and they brought his daughter on. And you think he is a good singer? Holy <laughs> damn! She has got some pipes. She can. And they were doing beautiful harmonies. Sort of the Echo Arena in Liverpool. Awesome. One of the best things I've seen. And they didn't. They didn't say now we're going to do the Lion King. They just had the stage dark. And then the sun rose at the back yeah. of the stage. And it st- I just got goosebumps thinking about it, guys. So much goosebumps. It's so good. Mm. I, I saw it in, in London on the show. Uh, I don't think any of the original members nice. of the cast were in it, though. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Was that I, the, the, that's in the stage show you saw? Yeah, yeah. The stage show where oh, they walked nice. through the crowd and everything. It's the giant animals and stuff. I mean, yeah, awesome. And I, I got to see it when they re-released it in 3D, you know, 3D, where it was just yeah. kind of layers yeah. flat layers and stuff but yeah, i yeah. wanted to see because I, I didn't get to see it in the cinema when it first came out but i went to go see it but yeah that was uh mm-hmm. I'll, I'll skip past that because i've already done it and go straight to my number one which is the iron giant oh a wonderful wonderful movie wonderful made wasn't it made like the guy who was making it said he was making something else and he uh, made yeah. Iron Giant instead, so and then yeah, was like, Brad "Oh, Bird I who, made this." <laughs> it's Brad Bird who obviously, you know, has done tons of amazing stuff. Not, you know, mm-hmm. at least the Incredibles and stuff like that, and he's worked on The Simpsons and, and Incredible. Is yeah, it him who did The Incredibles? I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, Brad Bird oh, wow. did The Incredibles as well, and he voiced Edna Mode. Oh, okay, yeah. amazing! Oh, I love Edna Mode. She's brilliant. But so he's yeah he did the Iron Giant. I think you're right. I think it was kind of the case of because the the general concept of that one as as he kind of sells it now is like what if a gun had a conscience, yeah, and, and yeah. didn't want to be a gun, and that's kind of as it goes from there. And yeah, it's it's one of the best. The animation's beautiful in it. Um, everybody's uh, incredible voice cast and absolutely destroys me uh, towards the end. Vin Diesel yeah, yeah. in one of his first Vin I Diesel think, voicing voice the Iron Giant. Yeah, yeah, which was a shock when I, I found that out. I, I had no clue until I was like 20 that was him. But I think it's just yeah. I didn't know who Vin Diesel was yeah, until yeah, that yeah. point. Uh, obviously, then I went to do Groot. And like, he's done pretty well in his voice roles. Unusual roles, yeah, to say the least. But yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. You, in that. you can find um, like there's behind the scenes of him doing it and everything, probably all on YouTube now. Yeah, but it's, it's one incredible shot that will always stay with me of him kind of in the recording studio, and he's kind of doing breathing exercises, really getting into it, and then he kind of like opens his eyes, looks at the script, and goes, "Rock." That's it. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. Nailed it. Perfect. Next, Next. take. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, scissors, that's my it? number one, uh, at least nineties animated movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that is a great shout. An absolute great shout. I. I actually forgot all about that movie, but it was one that I did have on VHS and it was one of my most watched. There was a, a post out recently, I can't remember who posted it, asking what was people's most watched films of all time. Mm. Uh, I think my most watched animated movie and possibly my top, like I, I didn't write mine into a, like a, a top five, uh, like Ross, I just brought up some of the ones that I wanted to talk about. But I think Aladdin for me is probably my most yeah. watched animated movie. It was one that I saw in the cinema. I cried in the cinema because the 
what was it called? The Cave of Wonders was yeah. so scary. Yeah, terrifying. Because it was so loud. Because I was like, I must have been three or four. Like, I was very young. No amount of mint puppets could get me through <laughs> the uh, the Cave of Wonders. Uh, but it is, it's been, you know, it's up there. I watch it every year. Me and a friend of mine, Sophie, shout out to you, Sophie. Whenever we meet up and we're at home or at hers, we usually watch Aladdin together. It's just... Wow. Yeah, everything about it, the music, the animation, the characters, obviously the legend that is Robin Williams, yeah. that film wouldn't be half as good without him. No. It's astounding. It would have it would have just been a good animated movie as opposed to yeah. like an absolute classic. Yeah. And it's because of his performance though that influenced a lot of the animation as well. So even just his voice talent made yeah. the animation better because the animators were like, Oh, that's actually quite a good idea. I better animate that. <laughs> Well, I love when you um, you read the behind the scenes of like, because he wanted to obviously do the movie and he did it as, as Robin Williams. And basically it is Robin Williams just as a genie, but he didn't yeah. want to be on any of the promotional material. He didn't want it to be sold as Aladdin starring Robin Williams. Um, yeah, I believe so. And so it was like a deal where you can find online, like he couldn't take up more than two thirds of the poster. That was the deal with like the, wow. the genie character couldn't take up any more than that. And so they do it where it, like, well, at least one of the posters it's like a massive lamp that takes up the majority with like Aladdin over it. And then yeah. like a big old genie face. And then the rest of it is all the other, you know, Jafar and Aladdin and uh, Abu and all that around. So technically he only takes yeah. up a small amount, but it's also the lamp. But, which but is the him. lamp, and, yeah. Which is obviously yeah. part of the character, you know, the lamp comes with the genie. It's his itty bitty living space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found that fascinating that he didn't want it yeah, to be right. kind of sold on his name. But I mean, the second anybody sees that movie, obviously you know what it's about. Yeah, they know what it is. They know what it is. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk some shows. Oops. We've got to talk in some shows because we are 41 minutes in. <laughs> We're going to have to go too quick. I've not touched I, our I shows. Even went, I had top five and then I've got additional. So I'm going to just oh, take the <laughs> Yeah. Because I, I, I thought about this episode when we were chatting before. This is a behind the scenes. This might get cut. Who knows? I, uh, I was thinking, oh, should we do like a half an hour episode or like a 40 minutes? Uh, but nope. We're going long. We're going to do it. <laughs> maybe I'll chop it in two who knows maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut it in two we'll see so would you like to go first as the esteemed guest okay so I will go um, with oh, as I've already mentioned it my number one Batman the Animated Series you can get that one yes. out of the way because we've already spoken about it nice and easy um, and we you know we mentioned about computer games tons of computer games based on specifically the animated series but even then yeah. like all the Arkham games is Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill Back again Still for the original it. voice so, cast, yeah, yeah and very good games, I believe. Yeah, a lot of people really rate them high. It never captured me personally, mm -hmm. but a lot of people love them, and I appreciate I, I them do. for what they are. That's yeah. that's another one that I've got. Uh, another prop, the art of rock. Oh, nice! Batman. The art of Rocksteady's Batman. For any listeners not watching on YouTube, yeah, those books are really book. cool. I've got quite a few of those myself, and it's so nice to see all the details that go into the art behind yeah. the games like that. Like my my brother got the Dead Space one. And that one's like, I was gonna say it's visceral, but that's literally the studio who made it. Like, so, <laughs> so much, it is. It's is it literally visceral, blood and gore on every page. But yeah, if you can pick up any of those books, I highly recommend it, listeners. Definitely yeah. one for that. Um, so, which was the cartoon you wanted to bring up instead of the Batman? Well, no, I'll, I'll keep that one as my top five, but I will uh, to to streamline things. I will go to the next one, Gargoyles. Yeah. <gasps> yes oh so good i used to love gargoyles as a kid that was again felt like batman yeah felt more adult it was a little darker yeah was it the same studio who made batman 
No, that was a, it. Was a Disney show, that Gargoyles, because the oh, whole right. series is. I think it's on Disney Plus now. I'm it tempted because yeah. I did. Ne- I never completed it. It was. I'm just hoping three seasons and seventy eight episodes of Gargoyles. That's a lot of episodes for three seasons. Yeah. It's so. It's wow. uh, it was a, a long running one, and I think I've maybe done half of it. Uh, okay, I, I'd like to go back and watch them. I remember that also had a great intro with a really yes. like dramatic reading, like Warriors by Night. Exactly, was that like, was uh, Keith yeah. David who voiced Goliath in it as well. Yes, it was Keith David. One yes. of the best voice actors. One of the best. One of the best yeah, actors. He, well, he really is good. And like, I, I first saw him in The Thing and I didn't realise that was him because obviously he's so young in it and I've only sure. seen him as an older guy in more modern times. Uh, my first instance of him being like oh this guy's voice is cool was obviously the arbiter in halo yeah. 2 um which then he, he was in the late ones as well i think he was in three and five i think but he's done a lot of voice voice acting yeah, now tons. i mean why wouldn't you so yeah that was uh that was a big one and that had a game as well on genesis which i checked out and it's actually it's not yeah. a bad looking game for coming out yeah, in i think i actually played it know. i think i played it yeah. yeah and another fun thing they're not actually gargoyles um because oh. on a side of a building, gargoyles have to have a spout of water coming out of them. So technically, they are grotesques. Oh, oh. So we better write to Disney and tell them to fucking change the name. Tired, tired <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Ross is over here Don, attacking Don Bluth. He's attacking yep. Disney. He's biting the ankles big trying to get into the, uh, the animation games today. <laughs> yep. I'll teach him. Amazing. You'll teach him, man. Yeah, that was a great show, though. Like, I did really enjoy that. And I, I, it was one of the shows that didn't, um, there was a couple of shows that didn't treat you as a kid watching them. Like it seemed to appreciate you or at least want you to watch it as being a little bit older. Yeah, totally. For a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it was, uh, I think there was even one episode that's banned now, uh, which I've got a banned episode where, uh, one of the gargoyles like shoots, uh, Elisa in there because obviously she's a cop she's got a yeah, gun I remember that one yeah. yeah and he like he's playing around with the gun and everything and, he's, and he flat out shoots her and I guess that one I, I can't remember if it came out around the time of I mean one of the many shootings that unfortunately America has or yeah. it, it was just in general but yeah that episode got pulled I don't know if that one I don't think it's on Disney Plus even that one no no I doubt it will be no yeah. no one of one of mine actually is like one of the reasons I like it it's um, the Spider-Man cartoon that was yeah. on Fox Kids and the reason I liked that was because it treated the kids like show formula. Like it wasn't a, a new adventure. Well, it wasn't adventure every episode, but it wasn't a new story every episode. Yeah, it yeah. was a series had a seasonal arc. Yeah. that was an entire season of like one of the comic storylines, wasn't it? So like one of them, my, my favorite growing up was the Venom storyline. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why I, I like Venom so much. And then Carnage obviously, obviously turned up and I think that the reason I like that was because it, it felt more adult that it treated you that you were intelligent enough to follow a storyline for more than a 20 minute episode or a yeah. 10 minute episode like some cartoons were, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, it, uh, it was one of those where, I mean, the Batman the Animated Series was dark in tone and looking, you know, the style yeah. of it was very dark. But uh, Spider-Man is bright and colourful and everything, but they can also do kind of actual stories, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah. it was good, like... Again, another astounding intro music. This is like, yeah. that's up there for one of the best intros with like X-Men as well. Like yeah, the yeah, cartoon. Absolutely. Um, that kind of guitar riff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is the nostalgia for the these Spider-Man cartoon, like particularly that one, 
uh, that's made me love Spider-Man so much even now. Mm-hmm. Like it was because of that and the way it pulled on my childhood, I think that was what made me cry in like the later Marvel films. It's like, don't let me go, Mr. Stark. I don't want to go. It was like, ah, oh, <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, you know, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Endgame, if you live under a rock and don't, you know, have Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, but when he comes back, you know, that only matters mm-hmm. because of everything they've settled previously. And people have issues with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. If you look into it, like there's some people who are in tam- uh, camp, uh, Toby Maguire, there's some that are Andrew right. Garfield. But, I mean, I think Tom Holland is is pretty as perfect as you're going to get for that character. I think he's been the best one so far. Like I yeah. wasn't a fan of Andrew Garfield really. Toby Maguire was the one that it was like, well, it was just the first instance, the first yeah. one you see. It was kind of like me seeing Val Kilmer as Batman, sure. like because I hadn't seen the Tim Burton ones. Yep. I didn't know about Michael Keaton as Batman, so it was just like, oh, Val Kilmer's so that, Batman. that's Batman then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for me, he's a bit yeah. bland, but he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like because Tommy Maguire is—I don't know how old he was in it, but he's clearly an old. Like he's playing sort of twenty years old when he's clearly thirty something. And yeah. there's that yeah. moment in the second Spider-Man movie where he's fighting Doc Ock, and then uh, they're like picking him up and moving him. So you know, he's like, oh my god, he's just a kid. It's like he's no, he's not. He's, he's a forty-year-old man. Like, he's got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I, yeah. you know, I have trouble getting over that. People love that, that Spider-Man Two movie, and I personally, I might get into trouble, but I, I really can't stand that second Spider-Man movie. Really, it's the one I don't remember very much, to be honest. It's so it. if you pick that movie apart, which sure you shouldn't pick apart any superhero movie, but you can really pick that one apart, and really? it doesn't make any fucking sense. I just know Joey Diaz is in it, and I quite like it for that. I was just—I'm—I'm I'm sorry, that's me searching. No, I can't remember, but fair enough. I'm aware he's—he's the—he's the New Yorker on the train that oh, said, he like Jesus, stands in front of yeah. everyone, and he's like, "If yeah. you got to go through all of us, yeah, that's, that's Joey Diaz looking very young." Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Cool. Yeah, all right, well, brilliant like comedian. More, very good. Lad. But still rubbish. Yeah, man. Hit me with another cartoon. Um, okay, so this one is Extreme Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. So this is one that has eluded me slightly. I'd mm. seen a bit of it. I have more uh, interaction with the toys because a friend, yeah, right on, yeah. like someone who used to babysit me, her son had all the toys right. and they were so good. That was so it. I good. mean, it was definitely made for toys. Like, oh, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that one, I even got it up because like, the descriptions of them. I just want to, because obviously it's a new gang, so like it carries on from yeah. real Ghostbusters. You've got Egon in there, and then you have bearing in mind that this came out uh, one season, forty episodes in '97, so not a long running show. No, um, but this is like people got angry. Uh, I say people barely got angry at the all female Ghostbusters that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first example of kind of tweaking the formula to make it. So the description from Wikipedia is uh, yeah. of the of the new Ghostbusters. These are Kylie Griffin, who is a goth genius and expert on the occultism. Eduardo Riviera, a cynical Latino slacker, which also cynical Latino slacker would be an excellent name for a band. Definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett Miller, a young white paraplegic athlete who uses a wheelchair, and Roland Jackson a studious African-American machinery whiz. So that's like... Nice. Yeah. They're I, taking I, all the boxes. 
they're ticking all the boxes. I do. I ticking all the boxes. And when I look now at kind of the person I am, I realize, like, oh, yeah. So I was kind of, I was uh, given this stuff and I love this program. And that's, you know, it, this stuff is not new when people say, oh, it's woke because they had so, yeah, uh, yeah. this character in there. Like, this has been going on for years with people, you know. Yeah, wokeness has been around a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did. I, I like that show. I didn't really watch the real Ghostbusters, um, like the first animated series. As no, much. I didn't. No, I think I only saw the odd episode. Yeah, yeah. that was like me. But this one, I did. I, if I didn't watch all the episodes, I watched an awful lot of them because it was kind of, uh, you know, inverted comedy. It was cooler than the other one. It was more yeah, made to yeah, me. Yeah. In fact, in my head, when I was remembering it, I remembered it as extreme Ghostbusters without the E at the front. Oh that wow! Was, Very nineties, yeah, extreme. It was. Yeah, yeah. It's so it, does, it, it is spelled correctly, so I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good, man. <laughs> uh, my next one, I hope, is one of yours. This might be my top. Like, this might be my top cartoon. Like, mm. it's SpongeBob. It was in my additional, but the only yeah. reason I didn't put it in my main one is because it's still going. It is still going. Like it was nineties. Like I have the Simpsons in there as well, uh, and South Park. Like these are nineties yeah, cartoons, yeah. and then, you know, forever. And then some, but yes, yeah, still SpongeBob's fantastic. SpongeBob is probably one of the only cartoons that I remember seeing the trailer for, and right. I think who was it now? It must have been, yeah, because my little brother was born at that point. So it would have been me, my dad, and my brother. And I remember my dad turning to me when we saw the trailer on Nickelodeon. And he was like, very Mufasa-like. It was like, son, <laughs> we're going to have to watch this. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down for watching cartoons. Dad, you know that? Yeah. Um, and the first episode was like, queued up, ready to go. And it was like the new, the, the new show, SpongeBob, starting now. And then the intro music hit. And it was like, what? what are we in for right now? Yeah. And that first episode of feeding the anchovies at the Krusty Krab with the music from Tiny Tim. Do you, do you remember the song? Oh, I don't. I mean, I, I have watched quite a few episodes of SpongeBob, but I I retain very little of it. <laughs> so much. It's like, oh, which song is it now? I'm sure it's like pushing through the dum 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 having a wonderful time. It's like the weirdest song. And I remember Mr. Krabs being where he's like, can you smell it? That smelly smell. That smells smelly and then his anchovies come like flooding through the doors and the uh the rock bottom episode was one of the ones that always stuck with me i don't know if you ever saw rock bottom where he stays on the bus for too long no i don't remember that one I, too, so there's only one that i remember but i don't get that one now the, the, it's like Gloveland or something pa- patrick and spongebob go to Gloveland, which is like a a theme park based around this weird glove character yeah and Spongebob falls asleep on the bus, I think, and ends up going to Rock Bottom, which is essentially like the Marianas Trench. So like he goes past Bikini Bottom and then the, the road just like drops off like at night, like straight down. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up stuck at a bus station overnight. And they have an accent where they blow a raspberry between each word. And he's like, oh, when's the uh, the next bus to Bikini Bottom? And he's like, I can't understand <laughs> your accent. It's so fucking good. And I don't know why it was so funny. And it's just like, it's getting so dark at the bottom of the sea. And it's like, this is advanced darkness. And he's just like stood in the dark with his little torch and he puts it in his head and he lights up like out of his holes, like a glowing thing. And the, the magic pencil episode as well, that might be, I think it was called Doodle Bob, where right. an artist is, uh, 
He's he's on the top of the sea, uh, drawing the sunset or drawing an island, and he drops his pencil overboard and it sinks right to the bottom and sticks in the ground and Patrick and SpongeBob find it and whatever they draw seems to come to life. So like they draw Patrick a mustache and it like it's on his face, but then it flies away and he draws money and the money runs off. Right. And then Patrick draws SpongeBob or SpongeBob draws, but one of them draws an amalgamation basically of SpongeBob and it comes to life. And they call him like the Franken Doodle because he basically terrorizes the town of Bikini Bottom, and they're trying to rub him out with the with the uh, the rubber on the end of the pencil. It's uh, that's what you have to go back and watch that. I, I, I think I might. I mean, God knows. I yeah, that must have been going on for years. I mean, I've seen the yeah. movies. The movies are great as well. They are. I've not seen the latest one. I've not seen the latest one yet. That's good. It's kind of there's a, a spin-off series that's happening. Um, with based Patrick, on like, right? it, well, it's like a them at camp like his kids or something. So this is like oh, a, okay. like a backdoor pilot into that. Like all them as like, it's like Muppet Babies. Um, Muppet Babies. Yes. Yeah, that was also a good cartoon. Yeah. But for Spongebob at camp. So, yeah. but yeah, that was, it was fun. It was fun. It is an awesome show. I mean, uh, what's it? Clancy Brilliant Brown. Show. Clancy Brown and Mr. Krabs. Yeah. 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 Just fantastic. money. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do this wonderful thing? Cause I like money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's great in that. Such a weird role, like after being the bad guy in Highlander. I know. And then going into yeah, a regular Starship voice Troopers cast. And yeah, Mr. Starship Krabs. Troopers, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was he who was he in that? Was he Mr. Zim? His name was Zim. Oh, something Zim, yeah. I think he had a couple yeah. of because uh, he got demoted at one point. I don't know. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh and he's in Justice League as well. He's Lex Luthor in the Justice League animated series as well. Really? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, because he Holy has that amazing he has an amazing moment where he like takes over i mean it's not him at this point i guess but he's like he takes over the flash's body and so he's like he's in the bathroom at the justice league headquarters and he has a moment where he's like well at least i'll get to find out who the flash is and he takes his mask off and he looks in the mirror and goes i have no idea who this is really <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i don't find that's awesome <laughs> hit me with uh, another of your cartoon mysteries well i will go i do have one Ah, Real Monsters. Oh, nice. From Nickelodeon back in the days. Yes, that was a great one. With uh, That was back in the days of like Thornberries yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rocker's Modern Life. So why, why did this one hit with you so I, strong? It was weird because like at the time it came out, I didn't have um, like Nickelodeon or anything. I didn't have Sky. We had Sky like way later than anyone else. So yeah. it would always be like when I went to a mate's house and it would be on. Right. And it's so like weird and dark. And it's similar to like, the Powerpuff weird. Girls where it's like people are just dressed weird and talking weird and it's kind of grim. Guy's so got just, eyeballs in his hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, just, it's so like, uh, obviously not particularly scary, but kind of uncomfortable like watching it. And yeah. so, so it just stuck with me for the longest time. Like I, I, for this, I kind of went back and rewatched it, and like I have made it so much worse in my mind. Really? Like, like in my mind, it was like a trauma movie or like a Toxic Avenger, where things would like it truly grotesque and body horror. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a good-looking cartoon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The animation was very. It was the same style as like, like we said, the the, um, the Thornberries and uh, what was it? Uh, hey Arthur? No. Yeah, Hey Arthur. Yeah, hey Arthur. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had that similar. Well, a bit darker, but yeah, sort of that yeah. kind of around the same time. I'm sure hey Arthur Rugrats was a cartoon as well, which is another one yeah. that I did enjoy. Yeah, it was kid with the best bedroom in the world. 
He did, yeah. And his granddad had a really weird neck. He did have a weird neck. The yeah, other, the other thing out. that kind of made me think it was just a fun thing because it's set in New York. Like it's never really explicitly said, but there is quite yeah. a few. And so the best they can figure it, they it's a real place called Fresh Kill Landfill. That's in New York. Uh, yeah, the Fresh Kills Landfill was is a was a landfill covering two just over two thousand acres in New York City borough of Stanton Island, and uh, it oh, comes yeah. from like it Fresh Kills like is a old Latin word or something like for water byway or something, but it just happens to sound like the creepiest place on the planet. Yeah, yeah, that's a great name though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always remember the, the monster in charge. Didn't he have like yeah. lipstick and like yeah. black leather I, boots? Or in something? my head, it was voiced by Tim Curry, but I'm almost certain that it wasn't voiced by Tim Curry. Yeah, um, that was obviously Nig- Nigel Thornberry. That was yeah, Tim Curry. yeah, yeah. But he had that sort of weird, like yeah, he was in high heels and lipstick. And uh, there was yeah. a point where, well, you can explain a lot of drag stars who are our age away from the cartoons that we we watched as kids. Because if you look at um, Powerpuff Girls as well, yeah, wasn't the, uh, him. was he called him? Yeah, which was like the devil-y character. And then we also yeah. had Cow and Chicken with the devil, who yes. was just a naked red, he was just naked all the time. Yeah. Ass always out on show, flapping around. Yeah. He had that really weird laugh as well. I'm trying to think of any other characters like Honestly, that. I, I can't remember who said it. I, I remember Sarah Silverman saying it. Uh, I don't know where she got it from or if it came from her. But she uh, came up with the phrase that comedy rots where basically you make a joke okay. 20 years ago and it's very slowly over time becomes, uh, you know, it, it degrades. And yeah, so yeah. that's the kind of thing, like, just because they did it back in the day and people say, oh, you couldn't get away with that now. Like, no, of course you couldn't. They make other stuff now. But yeah, yeah it, it is completely legitimate for the time that it came out of. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird and bizarre, though. It definitely sort of... But you look at how they influence people, I'm sure that there was somebody out there who was just like, that looks fucking fabulous. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I want to be like him from Powerpuff yeah, Girls. Yeah. yeah. Is, I can... It, cartoons back then, I think, were very strange. I, I'd be very interested to know where the animators then got their inspirations for making stuff that way. Because yeah. it obviously dropped off that kind of tone of animation and weird characters like that. But now again, because the people that are like our age mm-hmm. and now the animators and the people making the shows, like you see like Hell of a Boss and yeah. Has Been Hotel, you're now seeing that again. Like the same style of humour and the same unusual characters yeah. popping up again. I mean, it's it's uh, things have the sort of flows, don't they? So you're right. Like the people who are making yeah. stuff now you know, we're our age back then. That's why you have, like, when somebody says, oh, everything looks the same. Like, when Adventure Time came out and everybody's, they, like, a lot of animations have that sort of same type of mouse shape and weird sort of humour and everything. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because we're all sort of raised on the same thing and this is what it's made us. When you look at Centaur World that's come out recently, yeah. very similar yeah. kind of deal. Yes, yeah. Steven Universe, like, it looks a bit different, a little bit more kind of maybe advanced, you might say, in animation style and, and design, but that similar sort of non-sequiturs and everything people raised on yeah. family guy where you used to sort of non-linear jokes and storytelling and everything like it all yeah. has its sort of layers and in the next 20 years animation will look very different to what it is now but it'll look the same as each other more or less like there will be a yeah. style yeah. that will sort of take over the kind of the zeitgeist of everybody making stuff 
Yeah, I mean, I think you'll definitely see like co- cohesion in styles, like you said. And it even goes to like the medium in which in which way the cartoons are made, because it's like someone will teach someone a technique and that'll get transferred across. And like yeah. speaking of like uh, Hell of a Boss, I'm pretty sure in the the latest episode that came out the other day, which is episode six, I think, there is a hand animated part. Right. Because I saw like pencil guidelines. That's like what you see. I don't Disney. know. I haven't seen this latest one, but I mean, they, you know, you can add that. Like if it's yeah. not 2D animated, they could make it look like 2D animation now. I'm not saying that it's not. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. But no, it, you know. it just seemed like a weird choice. Like it, even right at the end of the scene, which is like, it's like Moxie singing, I think, uh, when he's like tripping on something. The, the the frame holds on his face at the end and it is his face in the camera and there is a pencil line. Yeah. Like, and it holds it for like two seconds and it's like, that's very intentionally shown that it's like, oh, yeah. this is pencil animated. It seems like a weird choice to throw it in, but I didn't know anyone would try and do that now. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see it if it is what it is, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, there's always going to be room for that. And people kind of do, they move with the times. And when you look at something like... Um, like the new show on Marvel, uh, What If? Like that's a very yeah, yeah. strange sort of three D style to everything that you know. Uh, painted uh, textures like cell shaded, isn't it? It's kind of yeah, but it's I don't know what it's called on. I don't even know if it has a name. But there's a certain kind of style of animation that you'll find, especially in anime. Um, yeah, like I'm thinking of Ruby and everything, where it's kind of a th- it's a three D, but in the style of anime. There probably is yeah, like B Stars is the same, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. quite a few of those I don't get on with. Beastars I, I quite like, and they use it in Attack on same, Titan yeah. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that style I'm not a massive fan of, and that's kind of what the Marvel one is. But they do it very well, and it's, it's good storytelling anyway, so whatever. It's just my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think there is the kind of moves with time, and I think that we'll probably see sort of a shift maybe to that way a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, more 3D kind of getting stuff. Better yeah. At it. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't know if this is true, but the the What If series looks and feels like Star Wars: The Clone Wars, yeah. and I'm wondering if the people who obviously worked at Disney when Clone Wars ended, when they did that final series, yeah. if those guys were like, right, let's move on to What If, and that was what they were working on next. Could be. I, I haven't seen any behind behind the scenes stuff, but it does seem like there could be some uh, like motion capture and everything in there because I know that a lot of it was like hand animated in the Star Wars stuff, but there was a little bit of that. It does, yeah, I could see that. Mm, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, is there any others you want to bring up? Because we need to get on to talk about your book. Oh well, we can do. This is more important. The, the, <laughs> no, I want to so talk about I've, your book. Uh, I've got what? So yeah, final one. Um, and I'm not certain if there's been any games made of this, but it's a show called Pokemon. Oh, um, right. Yeah, that was my final one too, so that ties in nicely. <laughs> uh, so it's Pokemon, specifically Pokemon Indigo League. Um, yes, yes. So that one ran from just on the coast, 97 to 99. It was uh, technically, I guess, one season, but obviously it's massive. But even that was 82 episodes in Japan. Is it 82? Wow. 82 in Japan, 80 uh, like English speaking, and then seventy nine internationally because of all the banned episodes. Oh, yeah, there was Porygon, which like gave yeah. people seizures or something. Yeah, Porygon that uh, knocked him out. And then Beauty in the Beach uh, with Misty in a bikini getting purred on, and James with inflatable breasts. 
Yes, yes. That one. And then there was one called The Legend of Mini Ryu, uh, where there was a guy with a gun knocking about, and so they got rid of him. They just got rid of it. Right, okay. So there was that. I know that there's, like, in Yu-Gi-Oh, apparently there's loads of that, whereas there's a lot more guns in the Japanese version. They had to chop out loads of that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, like, where did you, where did Pokemon fall for you? Because, like, it, it began a lot of people's obsession. Like, yeah. In, in like my friend group anyway, because it's like going from the cards is one thing. He says with like loads of cards sat behind him <laughs> on the bed that no one can see that are out of shot. Yeah. Uh, but to like have the creatures then come to life on the screen in front of you is like a whole other level. Yeah, yeah. And then playing the games is like, I'm now interacting, playing with these Pokemon. So like, where does the cartoon fall for you? So for me, the because I never did the cards until way later. Like that right. was, I was aware of them, but never played them. I was the game first and then okay. it was the animated series. And yeah, it was Which exactly game? that. Like, was it, uh, the, I was Which? Pokemon Red. Ah, see, I was, yeah. that seems to be the only one who played Blue. Everyone played Red, it seems. But it's cool. Yeah. Wrong, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> I always say, if there was ever a chance to have a Pokemon, not that I'd fight them, but a uh, little Charmander, he's my guy. So Charmander's very cute. Yeah, 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 he's my dude. Cute. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, it. Popped up, and as I say, we didn't get Sky, which is where I think I saw a couple of episodes. I do remember it being on like ITV. Um, yeah, I think so. Like where it was first on, and I remember seeing a, like a couple of episodes there. And then years later, we got Sky, and I was able to watch it a lot more regularly. And now, yeah. like, yeah, well, you've got access to everything in the world now, so we can. Wait, watch it's all it on Netflix leisure. as well, isn't it? I Indigo think League's so. all on Netflix. Yeah, I, I think. think that's, yeah. Sun and Moon is on Netflix. I started watching that. And then there's Pokemon Journeys as well, yeah, which is like one. a retelling of like the original or something. Yeah. Well, there's an excellent movie. Um, I can't remember if it was like Pokemon Our Story or Pokemon I Choose You. I think that was it. Pokemon I Choose You, where it's a retelling, but it's like the game. And so um, oh, like the okay. other character is in, what is it? It's not Gary like it was in the show, but it's like. Isn't yeah. it Red and Blue? Yes. That, and so they go by those names in the movie. Yeah. Um, right, I'll have to check that out. It's really it's really um, good. The animation's beautiful. Did you see Detective Pikachu? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was actually very good. I, I It fell apart a bit towards the end. The plot got a bit like, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, the character design, the animation, mm. everything you saw looked pretty flawless. Yeah. And I'm quite excited to hear that we're getting a live-action series, yeah. apparently. It makes yeah, sense. which could be very cool. Yeah. I mean, um, they did. A, I, I did see the first Pokemon movie, which I think at that point was just called Pokemon the Movie at, in the cinema. Um, yeah. And then they remade that one. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, they did, yeah. Yeah, and it's really weird because I watched that one quite a few times. After watching it in cinema, I had mm-hmm. it on VHS and stuff. And they have done it. Like, it is just a, not maybe a shot for shot, but it's the same story, just done in 3D. Like, that's kind of CG animation. It's really yeah. bizarre. It's like somebody stepping over your grave. It's like, it, it feels well, wrong. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, like, because they're never going to, I can't see it. I know, obviously, there's, there's kids now who are still going to be like, oh my God, a Pokemon movie that's new. Yeah, sure. And they're still going to watch it. But I I don't know. It's, it's so I, bizarre. It's or would really they is. make more? Would they make more money doing that? Because they're not only getting the new people, 
they're getting the people whose nostalgia that yeah. they were going to go, oh, I might actually watch that because I watched the original. Uh, I mean, I did. I watched it with my son because he hasn't seen the, the first one. So I was like, okay, well, this will be your introduction to it. You know, and yeah. it is the same story. I, I think even the lines are like, I'm, I'm sure they're re-recorded, but it's the same mm-hmm. lines from the other movie. So, yeah. So weird. And so uh, the, the last thing on this, because I, I teased this before we went on, uh, how many Pokemon games in total, including spin-offs, do you think yeah. there is? I said 25 before the show. Mm. I've got a feeling there might be more now, though, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So go on. we'll do from the main games. So from like the original kind of Japanese, and then you go to like red and blue and, and yellow and stuff, up to and including the latest one that's coming out. That Was it Arceus or something? Yeah, Arceus Journeys. Or Just those ones. There's 38 of them. Right. In total, and this includes uh, any Pokemon, so you've got Super Smash Bros. and all that, 122 games of Pokemon. Crap! 122? 122. Wow. That is insane. I remember some of the, like, I I mentioned Pokemon Pinball, which was actually, that was a very good game. I actually very much enjoyed that on the Game Boy. That was a great game. It's crazy. I I know they, it's like the Stadium Fighters when we were in the arcades in Japan. There was... Like Tekken, is it called Pokken? It's like Pokemon Tekken. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know that. Yeah, there was people fighting on that, and they had all like sign-ins with cards and stuff in the arcades. It was really yeah. quite cool. Um, I mean, I, was, loved, uh, I loved Pokemon Stadium. That was a great game. I love Pokemon, but uh, yeah, 122. So uh, bear in mind that's online, and there is a list that you can find um, at Bulbapedia that goes oh, into it. That maybe they are, maybe they're using. Because I'm seeing uh, here, there's like ones that maybe I wouldn't consider. As proper Pokemon games. Like, yeah. It looks like a Tetris ripoff. But anyway. Uh, really? But yeah, oh, that's, according to this, there's 122. A lot of Pokemon. Yeah. That's a lot of Pokemon. And speaking of wonderful little creatures, mm. how was that for a segue? I want to um, hear about your new book about the wonderful little creatures. We'll do that quickly. Then. Yes. So I, yes. I've done a book um, called Sadie. I did a book? I've done, I've done one, uh, which you can see here. This isn't. It's terribly on the my laptop camera, but it's uh, my author copy. That's why it has this not for resale on it. Um, it's going to come with that as part of the art. It's a, it's yeah. a style thing he's going for. That's the thing I'm trying. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a, a book that I did during lockdown uh, to try and get into book illustration um, and yes. specifically like kids books because it's, it's kind of a saturated market in general. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, people try and get into it. The, but the best way to get into it, unfortunately, is to have the experience of making a book. And it's one of those yeah. classic, how do you get experience at something if somebody doesn't let you do it? You just got to do it yeah. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've done this one. I've got another one that I'm working on. I've got another one kind of uh, planned out as well. So I will just keep making kids' books almost for myself until somebody pays <laughs> for me to do them. <laughs> Ross gets in bed and reads to himself at night. Luckily, yep. he has a kid who he can read them to. It's not just like you read them to your wife. <laughs> no, yeah. Who is an author uh, in her own right as well, um, who does actual, yes, I believe who does it. novels. Um, Amazing. But yeah, she, she's very hands-off about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I can I can check with him for that one. I've got another one, as I say, coming up now, uh, which I've not got a title for yet. Um, okay. But it's about a lonely little boy who tries to befriend a ghost that lives in his house. Um, and the, he, the way he kind of realizes it is, uh, he realizes every time he sees this ghost, it's tidying up. And so that's how like they begin to sort of connect and make friends. 
That's the kind of ghost I mean you kind of want in your house. Exactly. Like, the ones but, I've had just move shit around and it's annoying. <laughs> but this one, uh, I'm trying to, because I'm not, I'm not a writer particularly of this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm giving it a best shot, but this one I'm actually trying to do as a rhyme as well. Um, okay, cool. So as a little preview, uh, yeah, this ooh, is what my there. particular favourite like pages that I did. Um, <clears throat> so this is like after the like beginning intro. And he's talking about the house that he loves to live in. Uh, he says like, there was another kid here one just like Treat, Treat is the name of the little boy. Uh, mm -hmm. Although, unlike Treat, this Treat had no feet. This kid could glide, they could hide, and they could slide. The reason this was, was that this kid had died. <laughs> A ghost! How special, how interesting, how wild. Treat had seen them three times, and each time Treat had smiled. There you go. That's Wonderful, that. dude. I love that. <laughs> you should do... If you want... We could do the audio, but oh yes, this one has a lot more words. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but Sadie and the Wisps is not a long book mm -hmm. particularly, but this one is actually it's twenty six pages currently. I'm kind of writing it through as I go, and then yeah. kind of uh, sketching it as I go as well. Uh, but it is it is a long one when you actually get down to it because each page is kind of like that or a bit longer. So yeah. Well, so do you remember I, the way that we, the way they animated the the work you did for us on the spookies? Yes, yeah, yeah. You could, I could always help you make it into a little video as well after if you want. That'd be awesome. Be awesome. We'll, that. we'll take this off mic though because money might be involved. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll chop this, <laughs> chop this. We'll do business on this. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be kickass. It's definitely something yeah. I've thought about. Is uh, at the moment you can get it on Amazon, Sadie and the Wisps. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, it comes up as a as a Kindle version, but of course, there's a a physical copy that you get. It's all print on demand. Um, yeah, I the will physical. be it's nice, nice to get yeah. proper art. Yeah. What's that? Sorry, I'm just saying, get the physical copies. It's nice to see. Proper yeah. artwork in full colour and, you know. Yeah, as Stanley yeah. said um, about digital comic books, it's like pornography. It's great to look at on a screen, but eventually you want to hold something in your hand. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Exactly, yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, dude. No, I'm, I'm really glad that you've done this. Like, I'm really fucking proud of you. Oh, like, because I've, I've been watching you do art for a long time now. Like, we've been friends mm -hmm. for a while. Um... Since like I can't remember how we came into contact. I think it was it Instagram first. Must, we just... uh, well, I'm sure because I think you made contact with. Because I, I got through the bottom of the stream guys was the yeah, first. That's right. Pod of this sort of like pod family that sort of mm -hmm. developed was those are the first guys I find, and I think they mentioned you, or maybe even went on an episode, and that you guys had already been going for a little while, and then yeah. I jumped into you guys, and then I started going back through like just the spooky burritos. And then I went back right. and like did all the rest of them. <laughs> like it was, uh, it was kind of that way to it because I think you guys had been going. There was a fair few episodes of it, so it took me a while yeah, to kind of yeah. catch up. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because like um, Mike Minnesota on uh, yeah. on the Discord or whatever his name is at the moment. It might be High Rise Mike or it's something vampire. He's either Mike, a vampire or a piece of bread. I don't know. I, I don't know. Shout out to you, Mike. Yeah, uh, so plug he was saying the other well. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if anyone wants to join the Discord, feel free to get the link in the in the description. Uh, yeah, he was he like 
met us on the, again, the Hasbin Hotel episode and from mm. through Reddit and then went right back to the beginning and had been listening from the beginning. And now he's up to date and he messaged me the day. He was like, have you not put an episode out this week? And I was like, no, no, I haven't. He was like, oh, right. Okay. Right. I'll wait for that one. And I was like, yeah, I've got Ross coming on. And he was like, oh, cool. Nice. So he's, he's looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's insane. I, like, cause obviously we've done some of these movie nights, uh, yeah. where you're talking to people and uh, yeah, just these weird connections that you make that you don't yeah, particularly, nice. I, I did not expect to make more friends after 30, if I'm completely no, honest. No. Oh, I have made more friends doing this podcasting stuff uh, than I have probably in high school and stuff. Like, and I had friends, I had quite a few friends in high school, but like through doing podcasting is like, it's so weird the amount of people that you meet, like the yeah. connections. Like I think Nightgeist were the first friends I really made mm-hmm. through podcasting. And they were the ones who got me into podcasting. Like yeah. I've said this before on an episode, like I listened to their podcast and I was like, I want to do, like, I want to meet with a friend and talk shit. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we had them on and all that sort of stuff. Um, but as I was saying with you, like from watching you do the art with Bottom of the Stream, because obviously you you did their branding, didn't you? You did their their logo. And yeah, stuff. it was it was one of those because they had a logo and everything, but I was just like, oh, I, I do art. And, uh, you know, if you wanted, I could, I'm more than happy to do a logo for you. Just randomly message. I think yeah. I messaged on Instagram, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, it must have been Adam who kind of does all that. So he, he said like, yeah, go for it. Um, so I, I did that and then I just kind of steamrolled from there and it kind of right. gives me focus as well when I'm looking for something to draw and you guys talk about mm-hmm. something weird or bizarre on the podcast it kind of <laughs> you know it gives you focus to do something and yeah so yes and your wonderful uh, fan arts that you've done some of which you've had to take take down the random <laughs> things you've drawn yeah from the I, socials I and they're all saved um, yeah, they're, they're not gone forever. But on my Instagram, basically, I've kind of rebranded to be more, you know, kid book friendly, less yeah. kind of half finished work and and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's certain things that you'll only ever see in the Discord. Like if I ever yes. get famous enough to be cancelled, that's where you have to go to to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's uh, there's some interesting pieces in the in the Discord, listeners. If you're not there yet. You'll get the question if you join, I imagine. Maybe we'll bring the question back. Oh, no. Uh, I, think, I think that question is long gone now. <laughs> retired firmly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I'm so glad, dude. Like, I really am. I'm, I, I want to see you do really well with this. And if there's anyone who can do it without like yours, it's you, honestly. I mean, the, the main thing is, um, it's tough to say, but I'm just happy that I've managed to finish something. Like yeah. I've I've been working on a comic book for I want to say five years now maybe um, mm. that I've I've started and and stopped and restarted because like my styles changed so I'm like well I can't use those pages anymore so I need to to redo and rewrite and and all that and uh, it just as you're doing it as a one man band yeah um, you know it just it, it's a lot of work saving on yourself that's why I enjoy doing Sadie and the Wisps the way I've drawn it and show it on the camera but yeah, sure people i'll just describe it on here is like they're all like single big images you know um occasionally yeah. you'll get uh da, da, da. Colors are lovely occasionally you'll get kind of more kind of spreads like that um, yeah yeah but in general yeah they are kind of single images that i can have a focus on and get them done and it's not very long it's not very you know it's not long yeah, it's not very long written either. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the fact that I was actually able to finish it and put it out, 
is is enough for me almost at this point now i'm going on to the next one and i say i've got another one kind of planned out and everything but yeah i never thought i'd even be able to finish it so yeah it's it's an amazing feeling when you do get to finish a creative project like mm-hmm. there's there's very few that do get finished and it's that's just sort of a hazard of being a creator that yeah unless you're putting it out as a product to sell a lot of stuff doesn't get finished like as a podcaster my project is never finished because a podcast just keeps going. Yeah. It's just like, you just keep putting out a new thing. Whereas if you're selling it as a product, like an art thing, or like whether I'm doing websites for people, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's nice to have a finish point and go, okay, sign it off. Yeah, sure. Do you have any advice for people who are feeling the same? Yeah. Like uh, struggling to finish stuff? Absolutely. Uh, my, my advice is uh, manage your expectations. Um, kind of understand, like really kind of take a step back and kind of understand what are your blockers for everything. Because for me mm-hmm. personally, it was just taking on too much. Like even recently during my first project during COVID was I was going to do a very short story. I think I mentioned it to you, kind of the Wendigo did. comic. Yeah, that's right. And that one started off as a really simple tale about a couple of campers that get lost in the woods and are attacked by Wendigo. Yeah. That progressed. By the time I was done with it, it was an epic LGBT love story that spanned yeah. generations and there was like time travel and all this and ghosts <laughs> and it was just I had to I just stopped myself at one point I was like this is fucking ridiculous Ross Knocked what have up. you done <laughs> so, and that's the problem so I would recommend if you have something a story in your head or something creative that you want to do whatever it is mm-hmm. plot it out as best you can and just stick with it and also yeah. um, get help is the other thing that is uh I recommend. I've luckily not had to do it on Sadie Lewis. I was able to do it myself. But anything else like a comic, reach out to like the community and find somebody that can draw something for you or do the lettering if it's something like a comic book or do your editing. Yeah. You have to rely on other people because if you're just a one-man band, you're only letting yourself down and you will let yourself down quicker than you'll let down somebody else. That's right, yeah. That's, that's totally fucking right. You are exactly. un- undoubtedly correct there. It's uh, managing your expectations is a, is a hard thing when you're doing some creative and like this is mm-hmm. something that you see in in I, I I can pull it back to games to be honest like if you look at a lot of indie games take for example like like Night in the Woods which is a game that obviously yeah. I love and a lot of people love and I know Lulu loves it as much as I do that is a game that nailed its core concept like something we learn in uni when you're creating a project is to look at the scope of things that you create. And it's literally called a scope because you're looking at what you're mm-hmm. aiming at and you whittle it down so much until you have a nugget. And that nugget is your main mechanic of the game, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's jumping, shooting or talking in that game. And everything you do should be tied around that one small thing and to make it, as perfect as possible. Yeah. And then once you've got it to a point where you're like, okay, it feels right. Or in terms of art, it looks right. And it's complete. That's the time to then ship it. Yeah. Just finish it, block it out and make it simple. It doesn't have to be a complex story about time traveling, LGBT, uh, (laughs) Wendigos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, however amazing that story would be. And I would love to read it. If you're doing it on your own, you've got to make sure to yeah. do it yourself. But you? on, on just what you said, that, uh, the other thing I take from a, a children's book illustrator, he's done all this stuff as well, Jake Parker, a really good mm-hmm. illustrator, um, finished, not perfect, is a big one. 
is just yeah. people will get it where you're a perfectionist and you want to put the best thing forward, but nobody will read it if it's not done. Like it doesn't matter how yeah. perfect it is if, if mm-hmm. it's not out there. So if you That's have right. to, and I've, I've done it, there's stuff I see in Sadie in the West now where I'm like, oh, if I do that page again, I'd change that or I'd move that or that's not quite right, but it's done and I can move on from it. And yeah. then the next one and everything. So yeah, you, you need to know when to cut it off as well. You do, you do, you really do. And it, it, that's a hard thing though. Like even knowing when you're at a point when you think that it's finished is hard. Like mm-hmm. when you're doing music, it's the same thing. Like when I was doing, uh, I did the, the, the Cockwarts music for Sharp Select. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like EQing things. I sat there for two days when the song was technically finished and I was just like, this snare doesn't sound right. <laughs> This hi-hat doesn't sound right. You know, I was like just tweaking stuff like, and I even went back to the other day and did another day on it. And I've not even told Stu or anyone that I've done that. So Stu, you're probably listening. I'll send it to you like tomorrow or something. You got another mix on the way, even though I made that fucking six months ago. But yeah, to know when something's just finished, just get it to a point where, don't you think that's a point where other people looking at it someone from an outsider point of view can be really helpful. It can be. I mean, ultimately, it's uh, the, the thing that works for me is deadlines. You've got a deadline yeah. to meet, even if it's mm-hmm. self-imposed, just put a deadline on it. Uh, make sure that you meet it, obviously. If it's if it's not done, if it's not, you know, if you can say that this is an unfinished project, then obviously you'll have to move things and deadlines can shift. Yeah. But ultimately, if there's a, a client that you're working for, um, then obviously it's up to them because it's on their dime and everything. But if it's you, yeah. like for me, I was like, I want to get the book out before my next birthday, which is on the 9th of August. And so that was yeah. my deadline. And so I, and that's what I hit and I was able to do it. So it was an arbitrary deadline, really. Nobody would have given a shit if it came out a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only meant something to me, but I managed to hit it because I gave myself a deadline. Yeah. And there you go. It means something to you. Mm-hmm. Stick to your goals, do what you want to do and be happy while you do it. And yeah. I think that's a perfect way to round up the episode, don't you? Just end it on a nice little positive note there. I think so. Yeah. So do you want to show us the book one more time? Tell the listeners where they can get it. So Go the buy book, it. The book is Sadie and the Wisps. Uh, from from the, the back of it, it says, Sadie loves going on adventures, but today she's wandered too far into the forest and it's getting dark. Maybe some new friends can help light her way. So nice. <laughs> So nice. And Ross, where can they find you? Where Where is all your socials? Uh, so yeah, you can find me. So it's uh, Ross Cook Illustration on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm Ross Cook. I'm similar on Twitter, although it's Cook8008. Uh, you'll find me being mentioned uh, on the Grief Burrito one as well. Uh, but generally it's in Instagram that you want to you wanna see my stuff. And I'll be that trying right. to add to that regularly as I kind of update for this new book. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to get all the copies and please sign them for me. And I'll make sure to put these links in the description as well, guys. So if you're just listening and you're not watching and you're on the, you know, you're driving or on the go, you can grab it just in the description at the bottom. You can find me everywhere at Haswild and you can find the podcast at Grief Burrito. If you like the episode, make sure to leave a little review, tell us what you thought, share it with your friends because that makes a difference. And let us know what your favourite 90s cartoon intros were because I really do want to know and watch through some. Feel free to send them, stick them in the Discord. Any final thoughts? Before we go, I'll be back for the 80s because I'm more 80s. Brave Star was my guy from the 80s. Okay. Do you want, well, do you want to talk cartoon one. intros? The 80s is where yeah. it's well, well, remember when we did that space? We did, we did spaces on uh, on Twitter, me, you, and 80s Nostalgia, yes. that random yeah, yeah. channel. Uh, we'll get him on and we'll do that. How about we line that up for the future? Sounds good. 
let's do it. Right, guys, have an amazing day. I will see you soon. Goodbye. Love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs>